Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Good, good, good. Good to see you. It is a good day, um, not just because uh, it's Sunday, but I believe um, God has good things in store. Um, you know, I would encourage you, this week we're starting Thrive Groups, so they are small groups happening starting this week. I would encourage you to sign up. You can sign up online, of course, at thrivecalgary.ca and sign up groups. And if you're like, well, scanning a QR code is too much, um, there is, <laughs> there are sheets at the back that you can sign up. I would strongly encourage you to um, be intentional with community. You know, I, I, Sundays are great. Sundays are highlights. Sundays are something that we def- absolutely should come and gather to. But I think taking it to the next level, hey, how could I take my faith to the next level? How could I, you know, build community? I would say um, be intentional. Join a Thrive group. You can do that. They're starting this week. Um, we have young adults. We have the men's group this week. We have mom's group this week. And then the following week, we'll have our first uh, uh, ladies um, group as well. So I'd encourage you to do that. Hey, we're in a series we are calling I Will. I Will. Um, and, uh, and not just I hope, not just I'll try, but I will. Uh, I, where do you want to be next September? Where do you want to be next September? Uh, you know, for the majority of us, we would say, you know, I want to be forward. I want to grow. I want to move forward in my life. I want to be in a better place, whether that's in your marriage, in peace, spiritually, I'm healthier, I'm stronger. Uh, In my career or my business, I want to move forward Uh, in relationships or in, in my parenting or in the joy and enjoyment of life. I want to be forward. You know, John 10, 10, Jesus says that he's come to give you life and life to the full, an abundant life. That life with Jesus is not actually, is not, oh man, this sucks. You know, life with Jesus, he came to give you a, a fulfilling, a full life with him, that, that you would flourish in life. That Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has got good plans for you. He has a hope and a future. That God, the creator of the universe, the one that holds everything together, he says, I have a plan for you. And it's a good plan. It's a good plan. And and so my hope, your hope might be, I want to move forward in those things. I want to grow in God. And the first week we said, you know, we don't just try. Because when you try something, eventually it turns into tried. It's something that you do, and then it's now something that I have done in the past. You only, maybe you do for a little bit, but then I stop, right? And so if you just, uh, I'm going to try to do X, Y, you'll be the same place as you were next year. Or, uh, and so 1 Corinthians 9, it says this, it says, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, says this, do you realize, so Paul is writing to the Corinth church, do you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize? Now, uh, in scripture it tells us that God has given you a race to run. In other words, God has a plan, a purpose, a call for you, 
And so for a race for you to run. And then Paul says, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so run to win. So that race that God has put before you, don't be uh, like just skipping through it. Run to win. Have an intention. Have a purpose. Uh, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it. What do we do? We train. He says, what, they train for a prize that's temporary. But we are to train for a prize, for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I feel fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So in order to, what God says, he has good plans, a hope, a future. He has his way of doing and being right. He has, and he's inviting us to do it. But it's not, I'm going to, I'll try. It's not even, okay, okay, like the preacher is saying some stuff, so okay, I'll try harder. See you next Sunday. How's everything? Good. Um, but it's not even, I'll try harder. It's, okay, I'll train. Like, like an athlete, like, like an Olympic athlete, you're not trying to reach the Olympics, you're training for the Olympics. A long-distance runner, you're not trying to run a marathon, you're training. You're being intentional with it. With a surgeon, I'm glad that surgeons don't try and do surgeries, that they actually are like, okay, I'm going to train, and then I'll do some surgery. Uh, that It's like, well, we'll try and see how it goes. Now, for life is that we don't try, but we can train in the things of God in growing in the Lord. That training, each time you get stronger, you build your muscles, you build endurance, the same way spiritually as we grow and we train in that area. And you know, you're not to be perfect each day. I don't believe God is looking for perfect, but he's looking for you to move forward and to grow. And so we said, we're looking at, through the series, four different aspects of training. We're looking at training, it involves instruction, direction, and coaching. And we talked about that last week, how the Word of God, the Bible, is our instruction, is our training for our life. Right. That the Holy Spirit is our coach, if you will. He speaks to us. He leads you. He guides you. He brings to life what God has said in His Word. Then uh, the second aspect that we're going to look at is intentional planning and implementing that plan, uh, which we're going to dive into this week. And then we're going to talk about repetitive practice. And then constant feedback is another element of training. Now, my desire, my hope, my prayer for you throughout this series is that you would grow and move forward in the things of God. That it wouldn't be that, okay, I just, like, okay, like, I come on Sundays, I hear a good message, oh, that was so nice. And then you go home, you go back to normal, and one year later, you could hear the same message, oh, that was so good, but you're in the same place. My hope for you is that you would grow and move forward in the things of God. That you would grow and, and not just, I'll try, but I will. Have you ever heard something and, and you agree with it? It like makes sense and you're like, yeah, I, I, I probably should do this. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I probably should, um, you know, scrape off my dishes a bit more than when I do to put them in the dishwasher. I, I know I should. 
Um, but I don't. I, I know, like, there's apparently some filter on my washing machine that I found out a few, few years in, and I took that out, changed it, and I know I probably should do it, I think, monthly or something. I know I should, um, but I don't. Have you ever heard of something, and then you think, ah, oh, I should? Uh, you know, I should eat better. I should, you know, read or, or, or read my Bible more, or pray, or I should be on a budget and spend less. Uh, you know, maybe, I, you know, just a good point, I, I, you're right, I should join a Thrive group, or, you know, I, I, maybe I should spend less time on my phone, or, you know, I should, I should forgive, or, you know, whatever it be, what happens when we say should? Um, often, nothing. When something's like, oh yeah, like, I agree with this, I understand the concept, yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, I should do this. Oftentimes, what happens is nothing. No action, no, no, uh, no forward movement. I agree with it. I understand it, but yeah, that's as far as it's going. I should. Now, we can do this with information like uh, how the repair tech one time said, well, Josiah, maybe scrape your dishes off a bit more before you put them in the dishwasher. Yeah, I know, I should. But I think we can also do this where we can read God's word. The instruction like we talked about last week. The Holy Spirit can speak to your heart. And you can say, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I should do this. But often what's followed after should is a but. But. Uh, but this is, is the reason why I can't. Or this is the reason why I can't. Like, I should pray and read my Bible. Or I should, you know, um, uh, be more intentional in my relationships. I should do fill in the blank, and you can agree with it, you can agree with the concept, but it doesn't result in any change. It doesn't result in any change. I, I don't know about you, but maybe you've known people who are, they've been following Jesus for a long time. They read the Bible, they, they like go to church, they're like, they, they are there, and they're like, oh yeah, I got this from God. And, and, but yet they're in the same place the next year, or they're the same place the following year, that they hear, and it's like, oh, I should do this, but when you do that, nothing changes. So you can get all the direction in the world, all the instruction in the world, like we talked about last week, that everything that we need to know is in here. You can get everything you need, but you can shut it away. You can, I know what I did there, um, but you can, you can receive all the instruction, all the direction. If someone can tell you exactly the Lord could come in a burning bush and you're like, I should do this. But if it's just I should, nothing will happen. See, I think we actually need to move from I should to I must. See, rather than, oh, nice idea. Yeah, I agree with this. I should to I must. And it's only when we move from, from I, uh, hmm, that's good, I agree with it, to I must do this, I must take action, that action comes. You know, in the Bible, there's an account of a guy who received instruction from the Lord, and his name was Noah. He, uh, you might have heard about him, he was a boat builder. Um, and uh, so the world at the time was corrupt. It, it, it was violent, uh, and the Bible says that he was the only righteous man there. In Genesis 6, 11, we see 
Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed the corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe all of them out along with the earth. Thank God for his promise at the end of this story. Um, but, a lar- uh, but build a large boat, build an ark from cypress wood and, and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks, stalls throughout its interior. So God gives uh, Noah instruction. Hey, build a boat. There's direction and instruction from the Lord. And it goes on in verse uh, 15, make a boat 450 feet long. That's a long boat. 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Leave an 18 inch, there, he's getting specific here, leave an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way along the boat, put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. So God gives Noah instruction, right? It's an instruction to build a boat, how the boat will look, how wide it will be, how tall it will be, what the interior of the boat should look like. Uh, the animals are in, and bring, later on it says, bring your family there. Now, the, theologians believe that, well, one, this is a huge boat, that it took anywhere from 75 to 100 years to build. And this process is a long process. It's not like you go down to Home Depot, Lowe's, or any of your favorite store, and you buy the wood. He would have cut down trees, uh, shaped them for boards, put them together, and so that's a long process. That's an inconvenient process. Like Noah could have said, I know I should, but this is kind of inconvenient. All what I'm going to be doing with my life is building a boat. I was kind of enjoying it before. Uh, I, uh, you know, this is going to change my purpose. Also question, what is a boat? What is an ark? Um, okay, and, and, and so he could have should that away. He could have said, oh, these instructions, oh, I know I should. But he didn't. Why? Well, evidently, easy enough, God said there is a flood coming. See, there's importance for you to build it for your family. There's importance for you to build it because it's part of my plan. It's important for you to build it because I am Lord of your life. So there was no, ah, are you sure? Like, should I? Like, he didn't Moses it, right? Like, um, are you really sure? He was like, okay, let's build it. Why? Is because he understood the uh, the imperative uh, and the importance of God's direction and instruction. He understood the importance of the instruction that it would be life-saving to him, life-saving to his family, that, that God would use it for his plan and purpose. So he went to it. Genesis 20, uh, 6, 22 says, Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Big boat, tall boat, deep boat, three levels, um, and, and he did. So there was a plan that Noah had. It's interesting to me that God didn't say, okay, now Noah, go out and cut down a tree. Okay, Noah, now shape the wood. Okay, Noah, now find some way to haul it back. Okay, Noah. Instead, he said, here is what you need to do, and now you need to put a plan towards that. 
And he didn't say, ah, I should do this, because he understood that this was his life on the line. God was saying this instruction, not just to be nice, not to be like, hey, you're now a boat owner. He said this because it was for him, his family, for God's plan for his life. So God, when he speaks through his word, he's speaking through his word every day. When, When God speaks to your spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. When even you're in a a room like this and we're talking and diving into God's word, when we're diving into what God has said, or if you're in a thrive group and and we're discussing the things of God. And here's a question that I ask myself and I think that would be helpful for you to ask yourself. Do I, the instruction and direction that God gives us, do I see it as important and imperative as a I must do this? Or is it just a suggestion of what I should do? Oh, that was, that's a good point, God. Like, I agree with that. Or is it a must? When God gives an instruction, direction for you to grow, for you to build your life, for you to how he says to do life, God giving instruction to build your life, do you, do you, do you receive it as, I must do this? This is imperative, important, or God, thanks, there's a suggestion box just over there, right? See, as you follow him and as he directs you, just as God spoke to Noah to build a boat that would save him, save his family, and for God to use for his plan for humanity, see, God is speaking to you today, you through his word, through his spirit to you, to speak to you so that he can build something in you that will not just save you, not just allow you to live the life, but that it would actually then reach to the people around you, that God could work through you, so that not to play on words, but for you to be a vessel in which God would use, so that God could work in and through you. See, the instructions that God is giving for you, sometimes they're like, okay, that could be nice, but do we see it as he's actually saying this to you? to actually save you from the heartache, to save you from the stress, to save you from the turmoil, to save you from the destruction, and instead, so that you can actually be uh, a, a form, if you will, an ark that you could actually, for the Lord's glory, his peace, his provision, to be carried to other people, right? That is what it is. See, it's important and imperative when God speaks to me for my spouse, It's important imperative what God is speaking to me for my kids, for my family, for my friends, for the plan that God has for me. What God is speaking to me, even if it seems like a small insignificant, that's part of God's plan that he's he's helping you build a life after Jesus. So it it is important and part of his plan. See, it's not just a nice idea or something else to do. See, I must, when, I, when God speaks to me and I say, okay, this is a word from the Lord. I must do this. I must follow this. It's, it's, it allows me to run the race to win. It allows me uh, to, to be used by God. It allows you for, to walk in what he has. I must because he is Lord. So an example for this is maybe... Hebrews 10, 25, which tells us, do not neglect the assembly together, which in other words is, is church, God's design for community, intentional community church. 
And you can read that and you're like, you know, I, sh I should go to church. I should, totally, I get it. Like, I should go to church. But if you see it as imperative and important instruction, it's not, oh yeah, like, great suggestion, cool God. It's I must, I must for my kids and my family. Because it says in his word, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Oh, so this is part of your building blocks for the life that you're calling me to do and for the parent that you have for me. Oh, um, you say, God, that every member supplies, so it's not I should, it's actually a must so that I can be in the place that you have for me. You know, oh, it's iron sharpening iron, so I shouldn't be by myself. I must be in community so I can be refined, and so then, God, you can work in and through me. You know, I must because uh, I am a leader in some capacity, whether I'm leading my house, I'm leading a company, I'm leading a team, I'm leading my family, I'm maybe just leading myself. I must. I must do this. Maybe you, you read a scripture about forgiveness. I, I know I should forgive. I know I should forgive. But then you see what God says about the, in his word about the root of bitterness and how the root of bitterness actually corrupts many. And that bitterness can actually, not just from that one person, can actually then corrupt many, Scripture says in Hebrews 12, 15. So that, that bitterness, if I don't forgive and I hold on to it, it actually affects my marriage. It affects friendships. It affects, if I'm looking for a spouse, how I actually see other people. Why? Because that bitterness is now polluting everything else. Uh, it, it's affecting my business relationships. It's affecting, it's even putting a wedge between me receiving or hearing what God is saying. So instead when he says forgive i realize i must i must so i'm not going to be drowning in bitterness and my relationships aren't going to be drowning in this maybe it's something like okay i should read my bible that's pretty like sunday school right like i read my bible josiah we're taking time here saying read my bible but i must because i realize that jesus says that my words are life I'm your daily bread. I'm your daily bread. I, you know, like when your gas light comes on in your car and you've already driven 50 kilometers after the gas light, you're not like, you know, I probably should gas up. No, it's like, I must gas up or I'm going to be pushing this thing. And the same thing is, is okay, his word is life to you. So it's not a, um, I should, it's a must. Am I running on fumes? Well, I must fill myself up. You know, I must, his word is what will cause me to grow. It will cause me to bring freedom. It, his word is what will, what will uh, cause me to be the spouse or the parent or the friend that God is calling me to be. You know, years, uh, year, for years, Natalie would tell me, hey, Josiah, um, you should probably work out. Um, and she didn't like up down me and be like, uh, you should probably work out. Um, but, uh, but she was like, you know, you should just like work out. And I know I should, I know I should, like I did for years. I know I should, but it was inconvenient. It was, um, it, I had great excuses. Life is busy. And then when Levi came along, he was born five years ago. I had a great excuse. Well, we have a new baby. Like, uh, there's busy things. I had my company at the time. I had the church. So there was excuses, excuses. And then earlier this year, I was in, and, uh, and the doctor was like, hey, you have, like, high blood pressure. You have a couple other things. And um, the doctor was like, um, you need to work out. And, uh, and, oh, okay. And so because 
for a while it was always should. I took it as a suggestion. But then I realized, okay, this is actually imperative. It's important. It's not, oh, I'll take it under suggestion, put it in the suggestion box. I must. I must for my kids. I must for my wife. I must for my family. I, I must because uh, God has good plans for you. He's got good plans for me. That's great, but you need to be alive to walk them out. So I must. So because I saw the importance of it, the significance of it, I started doing it. See, we can create a plan. You can create the best plan ever from God's word. You can color code that plan. You can like have it in a spreadsheet. You can put it in your calendar. It can be amazing. But if you just take it as, I should do this, nothing will happen. See, you need to come at it with the mentality of, I must. I must because these are life-giving words, life-giving instruction from God to me. Just even as he gave that to Noah of, you need to do this because it's going to save you, it's going to save your family and bring life, and I'm going to work through. When God's speaking to you, it's, uh, I sh- I, it's not, I should do this, take it under suggestion. It is, okay, I must do this because it is what God is leading, he's guiding, it's what he's trying to build in me for his purpose, his plan in me. You know, when God speaks in his word or his spirit, it's, it's important. It's imperative. It is life-giving words to you. And when I say instead, I'll, I should, when I change that to, no, Lord, I must do this, I think then we're able to put up with a little bit of inconvenience, some, some, some getting out of myself and being willing to do it. It causes us to have an intentional plan rather than, oh, this is a nice idea. Okay, I'm going to do it. Now, we are spirit-led people. We are spirit-filled people. God directs us. We absolutely believe that God speaks to you. He leads you. He guides you. God leads you. Now, some people might say, well, Josiah, like a plan is kind of like legalistic. Like, um, we're not under the law. This sort of seems sort of rule-like. Um, where's the room for the Holy Spirit? Um, well, I, I would rebuttal with this is, uh, is, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's not scatterbrained. He doesn't need to just come in last minute and like, okay, guys, I figured it out. We're coming with this. See, he can be a part of the planning stage. You know, it's, 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 he was, he's involved in the planning. Where did the plan come for Noah? God. You know, uh, in our training, it's, 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 um, it's coming from instruction from the words of God. So our plan is coming from God's word. It's based on what God has said. It's not my own plan. It's not what I think. No, I'm actually implementing and coming up with a plan what God says. You guys with me? I think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, James 4.13 says this. It says, Look here, you say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make profit. Then it says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? It almost sounds like he's saying, don't plan. Your life be like tomorrow, uh, a life like the morning uh, fog. It is here for a while, then gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, uh, we will live and we will do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. 
and all such boasting is evil. See, your own plans. See, we're actually building our life and making a plan on what God's plan is. And then the next verse says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. See, uh, it's, 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 we're not saying, okay, here's my will, my desire, here's my plan. God, please put that rubber stamp on it. It's actually God, like we said last week, we're receiving your instruction, and then now that informs and structures my plan of how I'm going to build my life, right? It's God's will. God's word is his will. So it's God's will for forgiveness, it's God's word to be generous. It's God's word to assemble, or will, I should say, to assemble. It's God's will to love. It's God's will for you to flourish in relationships. It's God's will for you to grow and, and to be blessed in what you put your hands to. I, I, you know, Noah didn't go back every time and say, God, should I cut down this tree? Um, are you sure that this is it? No, God gave him uh, what it should look like, and then he implemented that plan. Proverbs uh, 16, verse 3 says this. It says, commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. It's interesting I find here is that as we commit our actions, that your plan, what is it? It's not, sometimes we're looking, okay, God, lay out X, Y, Z, but God is saying, okay, go here, and now it's my part to say, okay, I'm going to plan, I'm going to move into what God has. And he will establish your steps. You know, I think even the day of Pentecost, uh, there was a plan. Jesus said to them, hey, go stay in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit. That's some spirit-led led time right there. I don't know if you can get any more Holy Spirit in, in there, spirit-led but he didn't say, go to the upper room, stay in this address. He said, stay in Jerusalem. So the disciples would have actually then had to have a plan. Okay, we're going to go back to the upper room where we're staying. We're going to be staying there and praying. See, the plan was structured by God, or the plan, it was laid out. God's word was the instruction, but then they still built a plan. Uh, Proverbs 21.5 says this is good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. A hasty uh, shortcut leads to poverty. You know, as we plan, I believe that the Lord will bless and increase you, that he will, he will actually be able to work in and through you. So how do we create an intentional plan? So this is the, uh, the how-to. You know, I asked um, my resident coach in my uh, home, how, did, uh, how do athletes do this? So Natalie, my wife, she was a coach for like nine years uh, for a university volleyball team. And uh, so she knows this. I said, how do you do this? How do athletes do this? Well, uh, you, you actually, athletes start where, where do you want to be? And you work backwards. Where do you want to be? And you work backwards. You ask, what's it going to take physically, mentally, what competitions you might need to go to? Uh, and when do we do those things? You, so you start with the end in mind and you work backwards. See, no, uh, Noah would have done that the same way. God gave him the end in mind, so he would have had to work backwards. See, the end in mind. So God said this in his word, or he spoke this to me. So with the end in mind, I'm going to work backwards. Seeing God's word, of, uh, you see something in God's word, I want to be there. Then you work backwards. Something measurable, something specific. Like if you just say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to grow spiritually, that's actually not a plan. That's a, that's a destination. Yeah. 
you know, or I, I'm going to, like, I'm going to buy a, a house. Great. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a destination, but there needs to be a plan. So maybe you say, I will grow spiritually, and then next year I'm going to be spiritually stronger. That's great. Okay, what are some action moments? How do you do this? Now, I love it about God is it's not like, okay, we got to figure this out. Let's get out the whiteboard and brain session of what that is. If you don't know what it looks like, you can go into his word and find out what he says, and you can find out what it looks like. So maybe it's knowing God's word, it's communing with God, uh, listening to God's voice and knowing his voice, being used by God, having the character of God in your heart, having his word hidden in your heart, operating in the love of God. Okay, so then I need to work backwards. So maybe it's morning devotions is, is my first thing. It's an actionable plan. So maybe I do first 15, five minutes reading, five minutes prayer, five minutes just worshiping and listening to God, right? Like if you're running uh, 30 kilometers, you're, or if you're saying, I'm going to run, you don't start out at 30 kilometers running. You say, okay, I'm going to do one kilometer of walking and running. I'm going to run when someone's looking at me and then walk as soon as they look away. <laughs> Maybe you see in Joshua uh, 1.8, meditate on my word day and night. Do not let it depart from your eyes. Okay, well then, how do I do that? Maybe I just take one scripture and I think about that throughout the day. Maybe a second thing is, okay, I'm going to make uh, assembling together church a priority. It's not something I should do. It's something I must do because it's God-designed community. It's how God uh, designed support for one another. It's how iron sharpens iron. It's for us to come together and worship him because there's something that happens. Maybe it's that I'm going to join a Thrive group. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Maybe another one is I'm going to join a, a, a team, be a part of a team because as, as part of God's family. It says every member supplies. So, uh, and it says that, that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve many. So if I want to be more like Jesus and grow spiritually in there, I'm actually not supposed to be an onlooker. See, I'm, I need to move from the crowd to actually being a part, right? So I'm doing that. And, and there's reasons why I couldn't do any of those steps. There's valid reasons you could give, you know, well, life's busy right now. Uh, so I don't have 15 minutes in the morning. You know, the business is just go, 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 and the pressure is go, go, go. Uh, you know, I just, just like kids are just crazy right now, or you could fill in your excuse. And But however, these reasons are actually the very reason why you need to do that. That's why I must grow spiritually. I must grow spiritually for my kids. I must grow spiritually for my business. I must grow spiritually because life is so chaotic and times of refreshing come from the Lord. You know, you could say, I, uh, you know, I've been hurt in the past. Well, I must assemble together because there is healing in healthy community. Maybe it's to be a present parent. That's a goal. Be present parent. Well, it's a, I must for my kids. So then put practical steps, not like, okay, I'm just going to be here more. Okay. After work, maybe the practical step is 30 minutes of undivided attention. I'll put my phone away, no text, no calls, no email, no social. Maybe I can't make all the games, but I'm going to make one out of two games a week, right? I'm going to, uh, if I'm losing my patience, I'm going to study God's word on what he says about patience. I'm going to maybe read a parenting book. The, it says to, to pursue, to look for wisdom. So I'm going to look at people that have gone before me. I'm going to even talk to some people that have gone before me. 
Or maybe you say, okay, I'm going to own a, a house. That's my, I, I, God, like, you know, he really put on my heart, own a house, take the land, all that stuff. Okay, so it's not just, I'm going to own a house one day. It's okay. I'm going to save. I'm actually going to budget for this. I know it's like super exciting, like, oh my goodness, shout you down, preacher sort of stuff. But I think that's the exact reason is because sometimes we can take for granted the very practical steps. We want spiritual feel-good stuff that we can get high on a Sunday, but then not apply it in life. I think we need to apply it in life. Or you have a thriving marriage. I want a thriving marriage. So what does that look like if I don't know what that looks like? Maybe I didn't see that growing up. Maybe right now it isn't. I'm going to go to God's word. It will tell me what that looks like. So then maybe practical steps, maybe date night, not every week because uh, we're like, maybe you're not doing any date night. So maybe it's once every two weeks. Maybe it's coming to church together. A triple braided cord is not easily broken, Ecclesiastes says. Um, I'm going to read relationship books. I'm going to set a time to connect. And of course, again, you could have reasons why you shouldn't, why I can't, why I should do this, but I can't. Life's busy kids, cost, but those are the very reasons why I must do this. You know, God gives instruction and direction, and it's not a suggestion. It is a life-giving instruction for you to live the life that he has for you, for you to not be drowning in the things of life, but actually allowing him to bring you up and over them. That it's not a suggestion from God, but it's I must do what he says. And as he says it, then you create a plan working back with the end in mind. And it's not, I'm coming up on my own. It's God is leading and guiding me. He's leading and guiding me. It's not, uh, I got to figure this out on my own. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. Will God love you any more if you do what he says? Or will he love you any less if you don't do what he says? No. He loves you completely right now. You're, you're accepted based on Jesus. Will you be saved more? Like, do you get some sort of extra badge of salvation? Um, no. His love, salvation, is based on the finished works of Jesus. But when you take his instruction, and when you take what he says, I must do this, and you follow his spirit, you move forward in the plans that he has for you. When he says, I have good plans for you, you start to build, build the ship, if you will, that God will use to, to rescue you, to rescue others, to bring life, to bring hope for you. Can I encourage you today to move from I should to I must, that when God speaks to your heart, that that rather than be intentional, rather than just saying, okay, I know I should do this. Oh yeah, okay, Josiah said some stuff and, and he said more stuff and he said more stuff. You went a little long today, Josiah. Um, you should go shorter, um, Josiah. But instead move to, I must do what the Lord has said. And as you do, I believe then you will start to build what the Lord has for you. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. 
If you would like to support and partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.